Hallelujah. I want to preach to you today from this thought, and that's real living. Everybody say real living. You can be seated. First John, the third chapter and the 19th verse. First John 3 and 19. And whereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. I want to preach to you today about real living. And in real living, we have to raise our level of faith. And this is the way that we raise our level of faith and confidence in God. And that is living with no condemnation. And then I want to talk to you about how to deal with condemnation. And I just trust today that it would just get in the spirit of every person in this house that you would say, I am going to set a goal in my life that I am not going to live with condemnation in my heart. That if it condemns me, I'm going to get rid of it and I'm going to rise above. Because when you rise above condemnation all at once, your faith rises up and you have faith. And is that not what the Christian life is all about? Is having Faith, everybody say faith. Say it with me again together. Amen. That's what our Christian life is all about, is having faith. And so if I can preach something that would raise the level of your faith, then you're going to have uh, a better walk and you're going to have confidence in God and uh, you're going to feel better, you're going to sleep better, you're going to eat better, you're going to be happier every way you turn. If you can have this level that I'm preaching about today and all you've got to do is just set that goal in your heart. You may not be there. You may struggle with it. You may fall down, but you just get back up, amen, and set that goal that I'm going to live my life without having condemnation. God has put it there to lead us and guide us and direct us and to help us and to raise us to a better living standard. Amen. And that's what God wants to do for us. I began today reading these verses of Scripture whereby we know, I love that, we know that we are of the truth. We know that we have the truth because we've assured our hearts before Him. We check our heart out every day and daily before God. That's the reason that we know that we're of the truth. He said, and this, and if our hearts condemn us, God is greater. He's bigger than the problem. He's bigger than the heart trouble. Amen. He's the great physician that can operate on the heart. God is greater than our heart. And he already knows because he knows all things and he sees all things. He said, beloved, if our hearts condemn us, amen, then if, if our hearts condemn us, then have we confidence toward God? We have faith in God if our hearts condemn us not. And whatsoever we ask, 
we receive of him because we keep his commandments. We're concerned about what God's concerned about. We want to do the will of God. And we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, when you're living that lifestyle and at that level of faith, then you have that confidence that God will hear and God will meet the need that you present to him. Jesus said, and this is the condemnation, this is what condemns man, that light is come into the world. There's been a new life, and this brings condemnation on this world and upon man. And he said that men love darkness rather than light, and the reason they like darkness is because their deeds are evil. Amen. And they don't want to come to this light. For everyone that doth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. So, amen. Here is what condemns people is because Jesus Christ has come to this world. And in fact, it was Jesus Christ that was saying these, these very words. He said, that's what brings condemnation on them because they, do not, they love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil or were evil. And for everyone that doeth evil, they just, they resent this light. Neither cometh to the light lest his deeds should be reproved. Amen. You know, the reason people have a battle and a struggle coming to church is because they're going to hear preaching, and the preaching is going to reprove their lifestyle. So to avoid that, they just stay away. But whenever you're of the light and you understand the light and you understand the benefit, you want to hear the word of the Lord. But he that doeth truth quickly cometh to the light. If you want to do right, you're going to come where the light is at. You're going to come where preaching is at, where God's dealing with hearts, that your deeds may be manifest. It's a wonderful thing when you don't have anything to hide, when you're not trying to hide something, but you're saying, God, I want to be saved. Let your light shine down in my life and let it reveal, let it make manifest of everything that's in my life because I want to walk with God and I want to do the will of God. Amen. Beloved again, 1 John 3 and 2, beloved, amen. Now we are the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Then he said, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Everybody that's got the hope of going to heaven, they're working on themselves. They're working on their heart. They want to purify. Everybody say purify. Amen. They're, they're wanting to do better, overcoming condemnation. They're working on their heart to purify to be a better person and to be what God wants them to be. Thank God for the house of 
truth and a place to come and the pulpit and where we can hear and the Word of God can be preached and you can receive God's Word into your heart. If you want to purify yourself, you quickly come to the light. You quickly come to the church. You quickly come to some place, hey man, where you believe they're going to tell it like it is and preach it like it is and say what needs to be said that it may deal with the heart. Hey man, you don't have a wall around you and a shell around you and say, hey, hey, don't, don't, there, there's, they sing a song. We enjoy it. Brother Cal Smith sings it about uh, the room in our heart. Hey man, the rooms and the different rooms and we've got that room back there somewhere that we don't want nobody to see and that we don't want anybody to go into. Well, whenever you're of light and you want to go to the next level of faith, you don't have any rooms anywhere in your heart that you don't want God to go into or to be dealt with or the Spirit of God to speak to, but you, you have a craving and a thirst. My life is open to you, God. I want to do your will. I have laid it all upon the altar God I, well hallelujah I've laid it all upon the altar Lord and there's only one thing it's important is that I may please you then I can do your will Jeremiah said the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked then he asked the question who can know it that's the heart the heart is deceitful and it's wicked above all things. The first step into overcoming this and rising above condemnation is just being honest. Get out of denial, quit denying that you do not have a problem, but just be honest with yourself and admit and say, hey, I have got a problem and I've got a problem I need to overcome. You just need to be honest. Everybody say honest. I mean, you've got to, there, there's no worse person in this world than a man that would lie to himself. You're talking about a twisted mind and a twisted up person. It's a person today that, that is doing, traveling down one road thinking they're going down another road. Amen. It is a person that will twist their, up their thinking and get their thinking all messed up uh, where they cannot even see what they are doing. Hey, I'm going to tell you the first step to success and victory and rising above and having new faith is to be able to be honest with yourself and pinpoint the problem and say the problem is right here. Amen. Isn't it amazing how easy it is for us to see other people and see the mistakes in, in other people's life and a companion's life and, and people around us? Man, that's a good message, Brother Holmes. That is for them today, and they're not even here. Well, I'm not sure they're not here. I think they are here. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 The hardest thing that you will ever do in your life is be able to see yourself and then to be honest and say, hey, that's really me. Hey, man, and there is the problem and that's where I need to grow. Hey, man, what, what battle that we're in today. And, and I just want to name some of the things that brings them this condemnation. And remember what condemnation does. Condemnation always destroys our faith in God. When we are living under that heavy hand of condemnation, 
then we cannot believe. We cannot believe in our prayers. We cannot believe in our walk with God. We cannot believe that God's going to hear us. We cannot believe that it'll work out good. I'm going to tell you, oh, hallelujah. You may not like what I'm preaching today, but I like what I'm preaching. Because, uh, amen, the first step to a positive life and positive living, uh, the first step is uh, getting the condemnation out of your heart and out of your life. Uh, and then you're on your way to positive thinking. You feel that confidence, God, I know you'll work it out. And when it's bleak and it's dark and it's night and it looks bad and it, and it looks like it's all turned the wrong way, you still, there's something generating down in your spirit that says, it'll work, it'll work, it'll work, it'll work, it'll work. It's going to turn around. God's going to make a way. God's going to make a way. God's going to make a way. It's not over yet. We're still in the battle. We're still fighting. We haven't given up. God will make a way. God's with me. God will work this out. God will answer this problem. Well, come on, everybody. Let the Holy Ghost minister to your spirit today. Oh, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you just, you've got to be honest with yourself. You've got to be honest with what you're battling with. Amen. And you've got to say, I'm going to work on that condemnation till I get rid of it. What brings this condemnation? Entanglement. The Bible said, "A man, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. It's the entanglement that get traps 99% of the people. We just get entangled in this world. Now I'm going to tell you that that is a hard line sometimes to define. Where is that line between God and time and, and all these things that uh, we want to do? I want to give you some examples in the Bible. The Bible talks about, gives the parable of the seed that fell among thorns. It said it was the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things. The lust of other things entered in, choked the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Amen. This brings that condemnation upon us. Again, Luke recorded the same. He said, that which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with the cares, the riches, the pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. Amen. Where is the line? Where do you draw that line between, amen, the cares and all these things that all of us are involved in in this world, making a living and uh, the pleasures and not all these things are sin. What makes these same things sin is when you don't know where the line is at. Amen. Well, I'm preaching to you today, and what brings the condemnation is you get so entangled with this world, and you get so trapped by this world that you lose direction, and you lose what is really important, and you lose your priorities. You, 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 you're confused about what is really important. 
family, church, living for God. There's a line somewhere, and I think where that line is at is this, is when there's no time for prayer. Somebody said, oh, Brother Holmes, you're talking about somebody uh, that's busy. I'm talking to everybody in this house today. I'm going to tell you, you can be a mother in the home and still be as Martha. You're just cumbered about much serving, and you're always interested in the natural, and you're always interested in the appearance of things, and you want to make the house shine and all that is good. But somewhere, somewhere, I'm preaching to you today, there is a line somewhere that you have to draw the line on those things. Martha did not know where that line was at. She was confused when Jesus was there and was only going to be there for a short while. She thought it was still more important to, to be taking care of the house and washing the dishes and dusting and cleaning or whatever she was doing because she even had the nerve to come to Jesus and rebuke him. Why don't you tell this lazy sister of mine to get up and come help me? And he called her name twice and said, Martha, Martha, Mary have chosen the good part. You're busy about all this other stuff. Somewhere, 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 there is a line somewhere. We need to find where the line is. I think the house does need to be clean. I think things in the natural must be taken care of. But along with that, you've got to know where that balance is at. You've got to know when it's time to quit all that and get up and go to the house of God and go to an old-fashioned prayer meeting and seek the Lord and live for God. Oh, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. You got to know where the line is at. You've got to know where it's at or you, your heart will become overcharged. This brings condemnation on people. Then they don't have faith because they've neglected. They've neglected their prayer life. They've neglected to seek the Lord. Amen. They've neglected these things, and it brings condemnation. And then in the hour when you need the Lord the most, you, you can't feel that help. And how many times have I said it to this church? It's a whole lot better to be able to say, thank God I did. Thank God I prayed. Thank, well, hallelujah. Thank God I went to church. Thank God I fasted. Thank God I read my Bible. Thank God I've been living for God when trouble comes. Then when trouble comes and you got to say, oh, I wish I had a... I believe that we can live in that room where we say, thank God I did. Man, I know there's an old saying people's picked up. You, you know, you just can't pray enough. Well, I think that's the devil. If you can't pray enough, why pray any? I think you can pray enough. I think you can pray enough tonight. I think you can pray enough tomorrow. I think you can pray enough on Tuesday. I, th I think we need to quit copping out and say you can't do enough and say I can too. God doesn't intend for you to pray all day today. He didn't intend you to pray all day Monday, but I believe he does intend for you to pray some on Monday. I believe he does intend for all of us to pray some on Tuesday. Well, I'm preaching to you today. 
I believe it's his will. Amen. Help us, God. And then these things bring all this condemnation and then it destroys. I, I believe that's one of the number one things that, that destroys people's faith is right there. Because I'm going to tell you, this living for God is more than 10.30 on Sunday morning and uh, it's about 20 minutes to 12. And then church is over. And then church Sunday night at, at 6. And then Wednesday. And between Sunday night and Wednesday, you forget about God. No, we don't believe it like that. That's the reason people live in condemnation. That will bring condemnation on you if you don't think about God and have some time for God between Sunday night and Wednesday night, you're going to feel condemnation on you and it's going to hurt your faith. Hey, I'm not preaching this just because I want people to come to the church. I'm preaching this because I love this people. And we have found what works and we're raising people to a new standard of living. We're raising people to a new victory in their life. Now you think about it. You think about getting up on Monday morning, getting on your knees and talking to God before you head out that day. And if it's possible, of course, he said, that, amen, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Think about somebody gets on their knees Monday morning, amen, and says, God, I need your help. Watch over me. Help me, God. Go with me, God. Amen. And they take their Bible and they read a few verses of Scripture out of the Bible. You know what you're doing? You're honoring God. You're recognizing, hey, I'm little and God is big. I'm small and I need God's help. I, I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the knowledge to figure it out. I need God to help me figure it out. Now think about the difference in the man that does that and the man that doesn't. He doesn't, he, didn't, he, didn't, he don't bow down. He doesn't pray. He just goes on. Hey, man, I want to tell you what you become. You become like that little, little car that I've talked about from time to time. You've seen them. They run up to a wall, and they bump a wall, and they back up a couple of three inches, and they turn, and they go a different direction. They hit that wall and back up, and they turn and go a different direction. They hit another wall and hit another wall, hit another wall. Your life is just ever running into walls. But I'm going to tell you, when you get focused and you understand there's a better way to live, there's real life, there's real victory, you don't have to walk in the doom and gloom and the doubt and defeat and feel like you're defeated. You know where people get defeated first? They get defeated right here in their mind. Amen. Before anything happens in their life, they're expecting the wrong and the troubled. But I want to tell you, when you've got God walking by your side, you're expecting the good. You're expecting the victory. You're expecting the help. You're expecting the breaks. You're expecting God to take a bad situation and turn it into a victorious situation. Everybody clap your hands to the king together today. Oh, we exalt your name today, Lord. And you know what happens when you've got victorious people? You've got a victorious church. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Because there's no doubt about trouble. Trouble is going to come. It's not if, it's just when. We're all born in sin, shaping iniquity. We're all destined for problems. Man that's born to woman is a few days and full of trouble. 
Amen. We know without a doubt we're going to face the storms. What a beautiful day that we have today. But does that mean that there would never be another tornado? Does that mean there will never be another stormy day? Why, no. Hey, man, one thing about it, we're not going to sit today enjoying a good day, worrying about the storm that's coming. We're just going to walk with God today and do what we need to do today because there's no doubt about it. Uh, that day will come. That storm will come. But, oh, there's nothing like having faith in your heart and confidence in God. You know what I'm here to do? I'm the coach, and I'm here to build a team of winners. And that's the reason I'm preaching the message I'm preaching today. I could tell you, man, just go along and be flippity and, and unconcerned and cold and indifferent and carnal and even encourage you in your carnality. And you'd probably like me. But I want to tell you, when you face the storm, you'd hate me because it won't work friend it will not work the only thing that'll work when you face the storm is the confidence you got right here in your heart hey I know where I've been going I've been going to church I've been having a prayer meeting I've been walking with God I believe God will heal the baby I believe God will make a way I believe God will lead me through hallelujah 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 because he is faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. James said, every man is tempted when he is drawn away. He's drawn away from God, and he's drawn after his own lust and enticed. Amen. Every man gets tempted when he's drawn away. He gets away from God. When you get away from God, you're going to go back to the hot pen. Peter wrote about it. He said it's like a, a dog that returns to his vomit. If you want to know what people are doing when they leave church, that's what he that's the picture that Peter painted. He said it's like a dog that's got up and went back to his vomit. It's like a sow, it's like a hog that's been washed and cleansed and turns around and goes back and gets back in the walla and starts wallowing around in the mud and the mire. They said that's what it is. Oh God help us. Thank God for the deliverance. Thank God for the victory. We don't want to be drawn away from God. We want to be drawn closer to God. But that's what happens whenever you're drawn away after your own lust and enticed. And he said, and when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. This is what happens to a person when they allow themselves to get away from God and they grow cold in their soul. Then all the old lustful things that they were in and trapped in in the world, they start coming back around to draw them out. And then when your lust, when your desires have conceived, it's going to put you right into sin. And then remember when sin is finished, it's not a pretty story. It's always death. It's always death to the beauty of your life, to the growing blessed part of your life when you've allowed lust to conceive and it brings forth sin. The end of that story, the end of that book will always be death. It'll be death to the beauty. It'll be death to the blessings. Oh, put us in the fight today. 
Put us determined in our spirit. Devil, you're a liar. You're not coming back on me. I got delivered one day, and I'm going to stay delivered. I got set free one day, and I'm going to stay set free. I'm not getting back under condemnation. I'm not going to get trapped by the devil no more. I'm not going to be drawn away. Come on, everybody, in the name of Jesus, lift up your voices and hands to the Lord. What about the mezzanine? Help me out back there today. All over the house. All over the house. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, God, help us today. Help us today. Oh, can you imagine a clean fine young man coming out of the world delivered from all the filth and mire and gook and all the mess of this world walking out of that world free and God giving them a clean mind and a clean heart and lifting up their spirit and making a new man and a new woman out of them and then they fool around with sin and their old lustful desires and old life you may think man it's gone it'll never be back let me tell you as long as you're in this flesh you're going to be tempted and you're going to be tested by the devil that's the reason you never give the devil an inch Because that low-down devil will take a mile when you give him an inch. you got to hold a grip on him. Hey, man, you've got to clench your teeth and say, Satan, I will not give you place in my life. I will not rub up against sin. I will not see how close I can get to sin. I will not tease my flesh. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm preaching to people that want to go to another level in God. I'm preaching to people who want to live, live a new life and a good life and the clean life and the happy life and the joyful life. Do I have a witness in the house today? In the name of Jesus! A clean, wholesome, upright life. It's far for us today. But you can't, you can't patty cake with the devil. And you can't see how close you can get to him. Hey Amen. You can't, you can't allow him to have place in your mind. You can't give him any place in your mind. That's the reason Jesus said. Somebody said, oh, we're living in the New Testament. It's under grace, and you can just slip and slide and do anything you want to do. You need to go back and read that book again. Amen. Grace, it got tighter into grace. Amen. The commandment was, thou shall not commit adultery. Jesus came along and picked up that same commandment. He said, a man that looketh upon a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery in his heart. Well, did it say it or did it not say it? Yes, it said it. Amen. He tightened it up a little tighter. He brought us to the place of where we can truly have victory in our life. You know why? Because people were getting right up against all kind of adultery and putting their hands on it and getting as close as they could. I didn't commit adultery. 
Jesus said, I'm going to tell you, if you got it in your heart and you think it and you lust upon it and you live with it and you let it eat in your head, you're going to be judged the same way as if you've already done it. Brother, that's the reason we want to stay as far away from this world and sin. And Hey, man, don't pet sin. When you're petting sin, you're petting the devil. Don't tease sin. I'm going to tell you, it's like a serpent in a jump out and bite you. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in the house today. God raised somebody's blood pressure today against the devil and against sin. Hey, man, don't see how close you can get to sin. See how far away you can stay from it. See how clean you can keep your mind and your heart and your thoughts be stayed on the Lord. And then you're living with no condemnation and you're living a higher life and a victorious life. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You're living with that anointing and that victory in your life. Amen. What brings condemnation? The Apostle Paul said, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, whereby many, everybody say many, many, many be defiled through the root of bitterness. They've allowed things to get in their heart and that brings condemnation. Jesus said, therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and thou rememberst that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and come and offer thy gift. I want to tell you when you've allowed things to get in your heart and feelings with people, and you become offended and offended others, then it brings condemnation upon your heart. You don't have that faith. You don't have that confidence. You've let the root of bitterness begin to grow in your life. It's going to trouble you, and you're going to be defiled by it. Amen. The church in the wilderness, the apostle Paul wrote about them. Giving to us, he said, these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust. First of all, he said, don't lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be in idolatry. The Bible said that they were in it. And this brings condemnation, having idols in your life. An unclean mind, the Bible said they committed fornication. It will bring condemnation. The next thing they did, the Bible said they doubted God or they tempted Christ. And when you don't have that faith in God, it certainly brings that condemnation. And then the last thing he said, the mistake they made, they murmured. They were complainers and they were murmuring against God. And that brought condemnation. The Bible said these were given to us for examples that we could study them and that we would not lust after evil things. Amen. God has given us all the good things on our side of the fence. He has not taken the wholesome and the good away from the people of God. He has only separated us from the evil and the bad that will affect us wrong and lead us down the wrong roads. Thank God, hallelujah, for his goodness to us today. Amen. He said, "It's the e don't lust after evil things. 
Don't get into idolatry. Don't have idols in your life. Let God be number one in your life. Keep him first in your life, and you will stay away from condemnation. People that are admiring the, the stars of this world that are in the church today, their heart is filled with condemnation. People that are allowing the spirit of fornication, uncleanness in their life, certainly it brings condemnation. And then whenever you doubt Christ, you don't have the faith, you don't believe. Hey man, you're tempting God through your doubt and through your unbelief. Belief, it brings that condemnation. And then murmuring and complaining and fault finding, you always live under condemnation. Oh God, help us today. How should we deal with our condemnation? Example was given to us in an amazing, the first almost story of the Bible after creation. It was Adam and Eve falling in the garden. Hey man, the Satan comes tempting them. She looks, she sees the food, that it's good for food, it's pleasant to the eyes. It's a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband and he did eat. And then what, what happens when this condemnation came down on them? The first thing you find, the Bible said the eyes of them both were open and they knew they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Amen. This is the way that Adam and Eve dealt with their condemnation. They said, hey, we got to do something. We got to cover up what we've done. And they sewed fig leaves together. Then the voice of the Lord walked in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam and his wife, the Bible said they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And then when God called to Adam and said, where are you, Adam? What's wrong? Hey, man, he, he says, it's this woman you gave me. It's her fault. And the woman said, it's the serpent's fault. This is the way they dealt with their condemnation that they were feeling. It's not my fault. It's somebody else's fault. But I'm here to tell you, hey man, God wants us to deal with our own condemnation. It's not somebody else's fault. It's me, Lord. It's me standing in the need of prayer. Look at the example of Saul. Saul, he again is the example of the wrong and the evil and the wrong attitude. He does not obey God, and he fails God, and he does opposite from what God says. And when the prophet Samuel comes to him, he says, I have performed the commandments of God. I did exactly what God told me to do. And old Samuel said, what is this my burden all about? Why am I so burdened? You know what happened to Saul? His mind was so twisted. His thinking was so messed up. Now he had gotten off track so many times. He had missed the mark so many times. You read the other examples that happened in his life, and he was forever getting off track. He was missing the mark. Here comes the big test for him. And the big test was you go and destroy the Amalekites. And he goes and does opposite. He takes it in his own hands. He finds some good in, in the evil that God said to do away with. He finds something he wants to keep. Amen. He takes it back with him. And then now Samuel has wept before God all night. And, and he meets this man. And this man has got this uh, whoop, 
praise the Lord, grin on his face. How you, man, I've never done better in my life. Hey, man, don't kid yourself. You're deceived. You're twisted up in your own mind. You're not doing well, doing wrong. You, well, hear me preach today. I don't care what people say. People that's not living right, friend, they can say, Lord, Lord, all they want to say. They can say, Jesus, Jesus, sing every Christian song there is to sing. That does not make them right. They're just twisted in their thinking. They're messed up. Hey, man, in their thinking is what's wrong with them. They're living one way, thinking another. But I want to tell you, God sees and God knows the heart. And it's a wonderful thing when you bring your heart before God. And you say, God, examine me. Look at me. I want to be right, and I want to get it right, and I want to do it right. And you thank God for a conscience. And you thank God for condemnation. And you thank God that God would deal with you. Everybody clap your hands to him together today. Oh, we bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. Friend, I'm going to tell you, oh, it's a great victory in your life uh, when you just understand and you admit, uh, hey, I got it wrong that time, uh, but I'm going to get it right. Uh, I did it backwards that time, uh, but I'm fixing to do it right. Come on, be honest. Be honest with your children. Be honest with your companion. Oh, Brother Holmes, if I told them, if I ever act like I was sorry, they would think less I would lose their respect. You would gain their respect. If you would be honest, don't you know they can see right through what's going on and what's happening? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, I must be where people are living today. Come here, Brother Cal. Come get ready to sing that song. Come on, brother. Just come on right now. Amen. Brother Cal can sing music, no music. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 You know what's wrong? You got a room in your heart. My heart was like a house. One day I let the Savior in. There were many rooms where we would visit now and then. But one day he saw the door, and I knew the day had come too soon. So I said, Jesus, I'm not ready for us to visit in that room. That's a place in my heart where even I won't go. I've got some things in there that I don't want no one to know. Then he handed me the key with tears of love on his face. He said, I want to make you clean. Please let me in your secret place. Man, I need you some more. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house. You know where God's wanting to get today? He's wanting to get in that room. But you're saying, that's not me, that's not me, that's not me. That's not me. Oh, yeah. It's you. You got to let him get in that room and clean pornography out. You got to let him get in that room and clean sin out. 
And then you start walking in that faith. God, you're going to make a way. I got confidence. Brother, that's why those Hebrew children could tell that old king, we're not going to bow before you. Amen. If he doesn't, he's going to deliver us one way or the other. He'll deliver us through the fire or we'll perish in the fire. But one thing we know, we're not bowing down. Brother, you can't meet the fiery furnace and have condemnation in your heart. You'll buckle every time. You'll wilt every time. But when there is no condemnation, you know what? That's so, that's so wonderful about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is in you. It's a guidance system. It's setting up the steering wheel of your life. It's guiding you through all these. There's, there's some trash over there, and the Holy Ghost says, go this way. Amen. There's something over there, and it guides you back over this way. And it turns you back around this way. The Holy Ghost is to lead you and to guide you into all truth. It's leading you around all the perils of life, and all the traps and trash and garbage and to lead you. And that little voice stands up and preaches to you and says, Don't do that. Don't do that. Some people have crushed that voice. They've crushed it. They've destroyed it where they can't hear it anymore. But, oh, God, I'm glad to be standing in the midst of a group of people who says, I want to hear the voice. I want to feel the leading. Now, I want to tell you my experience with condemnation. My experience with condemnation is the joy and whatever pleasure there was in it. Whatever joy and whatever pleasure that brought condemnation on my life, it was not worth the condemnation that I felt. I just wonder if I could get a witness. Y'all have moved out, haven't you? It took all the fun right out of it. As I said, man, I got this bad conscience now. I feel like a dirty dog. And you know what I said? I said, it's just a whole lot better. The pleasure of that doesn't equal the condemnation. Amen. And I want to live for God. And I want to have that faith that I can speak to the mountain and the mountain will be removed and cast into the sea. Get out of here, devil. Do you know what God told Joshua? He said, Joshua, be of good courage. He said, there will never be a man able to stand before you. You know what he was telling Joshua? There won't ever be anybody be able to stop you, Joshua. He said, if you'll walk with me and you'll keep my commandments, there's nothing gonna stop you, Joshua. Brother, I just claim Joshua's promise today. 
Amen. Does that sound like a deal to y'all? Nothing be able to stop you. You be like a lawnmower in front of your troubles. You just, just eat it up. What looked like was going to eat you up, you're going to eat it up. Where did old Samson find that honey? He found it in the carcass of that lion. And he said, out of the mouth of the eater came meat. Right in the mouth of that thing that was going to eat me up. He said, I reached my hand down in his mouth and I pulled out a, some honey when I was weak and started eating that honey. And I gained strength from it. Hallelujah. Out of the strong, he said, came forth sweetness. Amen. So the problem that you're battling with today, in the heart of that problem, there is meat down in there for you to eat. You just got to turn the te tables on the old devil and say, I'm going to go after you in Jesus' name. Everybody stand together. Oh, yes. Clap your hands to the Lord right now. In closing, David, he got condemnation on him. The Bible said, David said unto Nathan, Nathan was the prophet. He said, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, the Lord also hath put away thy sins, and thou shalt not die. David said, I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I hid not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgivest the iniquity of my sin. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I will confess my transgressions unto God. I'm going to confess them, and I'm going to ask God to help me, and he will give me strength. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, open up every room in the house, every room, and let us go in every one of them. And let our life be lived as an open book before man and before God. In Jesus' name. Who is in the house today that the Holy Ghost is dealing with? You want to come and walk right down to this front. Amen. And say, God, I open my heart. I ask you for your help today. Amen. I ask you. Come on, in Jesus' name. Come stand around this front. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As the Holy Ghost deals with your heart. Lord, amen. I want to get rid of the condemnation. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 We bless your name today, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I bring my condemnation to you today. I lay it upon the altar. Come on. Hallelujah. I want to be what you want me to be. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord.
Lord, I want to be what you want me to be. Have you got oh, anything yes, in that you don't want no one to know? Oh, yes. Amen. Jesus is handing you the key. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With tears of love on oh, his face. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. He said, I want to make you secret place is there a place in your heart where even you won't go have you got anything in there you don't want no one to know
determined to live for you. That's how simple heaven deliverance is today. Yes, God, I got my mind made up. I'm going to do what's right, God. I'm going to live for you, God. I'm going to live for you, God. Six o'clock in the great hall. Shake hands with somebody. 